This week, the Cross Yaths podcast talks with the wonderful Miss Anita Noel Green. She's a transgender woman from the great state of Montana who shares her trials and tribulations of becoming who she is today. She was a great guest, and I think everyone can learn a little something from her. This is the 11th episode of the Cross Yaths podcast, so shall we get this episode started? Yes, 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 we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Cross Yas. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. Lots to talk about, lots to get to, because you all know I love to talk. But I first want to mention that last week, March 8th, was International Women's Day, a day where we celebrate women all over the world. That's right, women everywhere. And yep, all women. That means cisgendered women, transgendered women, non-binary women, women of all ages and types. So thank you to all women for what you do. And I hope all you fine ladies had a great International Women's Day. You know who you are. Just kidding. You're all beautiful. For those of you who don't remember, that was the late rapper ODB with his hit song, Got Your Money, featuring Khalees. You remember that song. It goes... ODB actually stood for Old Dirty Bastard, and he was originally part of the early 90s hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan. And he, like the rest of the Wu-Tang Clan, were nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Speaking of nothing to fuck with, in this week's episode, we have a special guest, the gorgeous Miss Anita Noel Green. Last week, we had Daisy Elizabeth on the podcast talk about her cross-dressing experiences, with one example being her sister encouraging Daisy to transition despite Daisy not being quite sure she wants to do that. Take a listen. But she took it more, more well. She's actually making me want to transition. Mm. Aside from just cross-dressing, she actually wants me, hey, you should, you know, take HRT and um, oh. take surgeries and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't even have the income for that. <laughs> why, <laughs> why would I spend more money just to transition? And I don't even know if I want to transition. But Miss Anita Noel Green is a post-op transgendered woman who has transitioned and into a badass woman at that. You'll hear with our talk that she's been through some stuff, and you'll get to hear what she has had to overcome. And you'll probably discover, you know what? She's a fighter. A transgender woman originally from the great state of Montana, Miss Anita Noel Green is Montana's first transgendered individual to run for public office. She's the first openly transgendered national delegate nominated to a national convention, and also the first trans person to ever compete in the Miss Elite Earth competition. She now lives in Oregon, but did recently obtain the state title and will represent Oregon in the elite Miss Earth competition as a transgendered woman. She's bringing light to the idea that transgendered people can do amazing things. And they're everywhere, even Montana. You're probably wondering, Giselle, why do you keep talking about transgendered people in a cross-dressing podcast? Like, what does this even have to do with cross-dressing? First off, chill. I talk about a lot of other topics in this podcast. It's just that transgender topics are on the rise, and I wanted to talk with someone with experience. And Anita Noel Green is an awesome resource for such a topic. Second, I will argue that, in one way or another, cross-dressing should definitely be part of the discussion with transgendered people, even if it's not particularly the same thing. 
Anita and I clarify this in our talk. But many of us cross-dressers still struggle with our own identities. Don't we all, though? Even for you non-cross-dressers out there, don't you find yourself sometimes asking the question, who am I? I define what it means to be transgender in the ninth episode of this podcast, the cross-dress and defs episode. But to reiterate, a transgendered person is someone who does not identify with the sex they were assigned with at birth. Most, not all, transgendered women start off as cross-dressers. They wear feminine clothing, they mimic feminine mannerisms, they're trying to be more feminine because they feel something is amiss. <laughs> Pun intended. As cross-dressers discover more about themselves when they dress up, some eventually find that they want to do more than just cross-dress. And so, some cross-dressing men do find that the desire to become a woman is so strong, they want to do it full-time. So those who don't identify as the sex they were born with, well, yeah, they're transgendered. But again, this does not apply to all cross-dressers. The Cross Yas podcast does not discriminate with guests, and if I think they have something of value to offer the listeners, then damn it, they're going to be on the Cross Yas podcast. And Miss Anita Noel Green has a lot of value to offer. She was gracious enough to come onto the podcast, and I know you'll enjoy what she had to say. Like it or not, cross-dressers and transgender people are here to stay. Both are fighting for visibility and equality, so you need to listen to their voices, because you might even find that, get this, they're actually human beings with feelings. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Here's my talk with Anita Noel Green. But first, message from our sponsor. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. Honored and thrilled to have the wonderful Anita Noel Green. Hi, Anita. Hello. So you're the first openly trans person to run in Missoula, Montana. First ever transgendered woman to compete for the Miss Montana USA pageant. Uh, yes, and I am. Also the first. Are you actually recently won title of Miss Oregon? Correct, and you represent the state of Oregon. In the so to clarify, there are many different pageant organizations out there. I am the current state title holder for Elite Miss Oregon Earth, and I will be competing in nationals for the national title for Elite Miss Earth. Oh, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. And just to clarify, as far as the public office thing was concerned, I ran for city council. I was the first openly trans person to run for public office in the city of Missoula. And then I was elected as Montana's first openly transgender national delegate to a nominating convention. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Sorry, I might have missed those things up, but no worries. No worries. <laughs> uh, can you tell us more about yourself? Tell the special listeners to the Cross Yes podcast about yourself. Sure. Well, I have recently discovered a passion for pageantry. My sister actually competed for a number of years, well over a decade. She competed in pageants and I decided to give it a go myself. 
just a couple years ago when I competed for Miss Montana USA. And I am continuing to do pageantry. I do that. I'm also a gamer. I am on Twitch under the same name. My I keep all of my social media very easy for everyone to follow yeah, me. Yeah. It's just <laughs> Anita Noel Green on Twitch. Gotcha. Very cool. So you're transgendered, uh, which is pretty cool. What does that mean to you? Or what does being transgendered mean? Being transgender means I was born biologically male, but I identify as a woman. I was born this way and it was not a choice. And did you know early? Was it something you were like five or six or would you take a little longer? Well, I always felt as though I was a girl. I didn't have the vocabulary to really know that I was transgender. The word transgender wasn't something that was floated around a lot in the 90s. I, I'm 28, so I did not know what it meant to be trans at all. I assumed that I was gay growing up because I knew I was attracted to men. And I thought that some people were just so gay that they wanted and felt like they were girls. But then I later learned that that's not the case. (laughs) And so I discovered that I was a little bit different. And I was growing up, I felt like I was possibly the only person ever to feel this way. (laughs) And it actually wasn't until the ages about, I think it was about 12 when I first heard about the word transsexual is what it was at the time, which is now an outdated word. It is. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Because uh, just in case people don't know why that is, it's because it sounds like a sexuality. And now we refer to trans people as transgender. And so I put a label on myself as trans between the ages of 12 to 14. From there, When I was 15, I started working summer jobs to save up for my transition. At 17, I came out to my best friend in high school as a girl, as who I really am. And then I started hormone replacement therapy at 18. And by 19, I started living full time. Oh, that's great. How was the coming out process to you? I know you said you just came out to your friend, but like, was your family accepting of you? Were other people accepting of you? Did you have to find other means to be accepted? Surprisingly enough, my family, for the most part, was accepting of me. And I was surprised. And it was in some ways frustrating (laughs) because I was just like, well, why didn't you tell me sooner? (laughs) Like, why didn't you give any indication that you would have been accepting? Because I actually grew up in a very religious household. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a conservative Christian household. And I did not think that my parents would accept me. (laughs) I wouldn't either. That's pretty surprising. Yes. Yes. And I was afraid to come out to them. I was afraid that they would kick me out and I would be homeless And that was something that I seriously considered before I came out. And so at the age of 19, I I started hormones a little bit before my 19th birthday. And then I'm a December baby. So (laughs) I just turned 19 and I was on my... (laughs) I was on my winter break for college. And that's when I wrote this letter for my mom and I gave it to her to read. And that's kind of how I came out to her as trans. I was 19. Wow. A little less than a decade. (laughs) Yes. 
have you had any like problems? I know I've read a little about you've had issues with being discriminated against. Can you tell us more about that or any other instances where you felt discriminated against? Or that I like have been discriminated against a fair amount in my life. I have, oh gosh. Okay. So I was discriminated against in part of the reason I actually came out to my mom was because my finances were hurting because I was at first donating to BioLife Plasma Services and I was relying on some of that money to help me pay for my transition. I, I was essentially selling my plasma in order to um, pay for my therapy and for my hormones. And then I was denied by them because I, I actually started hormone replacement therapy. When I started hormone replacement therapy, I was denied the ability to donate my plasma to them. And as a result, I just, I didn't really know what to do. I was, I mean, I, I knew that I could apply for jobs, but I was just so scared. I mean, going off of hormones was just not an option for me at all. Right. I would, I would sooner be homeless and have right. access to hormones than, than anything. I just, I, going off of hormones was just not an option. And so I panicked and that's partially what prompted me to come out to my mom at that point. Because again, I, I, I was sure that my mom would not accept me and I was surprised she actually did. But as far as being discriminated against the- um... Well, I mean, that was discrimination right there um, right, as right. far as BioLife Plasma Services goes. Sorry, I uh, kind of got a little sidetracked there. Um, <laughs> no worries, no worries. I also was sexually assaulted when I was 21 by a man that I met at a bar. That was one of the most extreme cases of me being discriminated against. Do you want to talk more about it? It's okay if you don't want I to. I can. But... I can absolutely talk about that. I've been very open about that. I was at a club with some friends. A friend of mine asked this guy to dance with me and we were we were dancing and then it was hard for us to hear each other so we went outside in front of the club and we started kissing and then he kept trying to put his hands to my pants and I kept pushing his hands away and then I guess he got suspicious from that. And so he ended up grabbing my crotch. And at the time I was pre-op. And so he found out that I was transgender or that I am transgender. And so he started to rip my shirt. Then I started making my way towards the inside of the club. He punched me in my right eye and I fell to the concrete. Yeah, that was I'm that sorry. was the wow. the most extreme example that I have of being discriminated against. Now, what were the? I mean, the after, what was the aftermath? Of that was he? Did he go to jail? Was there like ramifications for him? Did that he... was that was very difficult. I was twenty one when that happened, and we've made a lot of progress since then. At that time, I felt as though the judicial system really failed me. Totally. The lawyer that was representing my assailant claimed to be progressive, yet he told the media that 
I was a man and that was confusing for his clients that he would have been confused too. And so I talked, it is. And um, I talked to my prosecuting attorney because she said that she thought she was going to have a hard time being able to convince a jury that he was guilty of sexual assault because they wanted to fight that. They wanted Mm -hmm. to fight the sexual assault part. And basically what happened was the prosecuting attorney gave him a plea deal and just charged him with simple assault. And he had to pay a court fee. And that was it. Um, He really got a slap on the wrist, in my opinion. Yeah, when you got a punch to the face, you got a slap on the wrist. That's ridiculous. Well, and also it was just so... It was, it was really hard for me in so many ways because so many people thought that I was just lying about being sexually assaulted. So that it turned out to be a very, very difficult time for me. I mean, a lot of people didn't believe me just because I'm transgender and a lot of people thought, and I guess some people still think that, you know, trans people deserve that kind of punishment for tricking men. And I wasn't trying to trick anybody into thinking anything. I was just living my life. Right. You're just being yourself. Right. Right. It was just very difficult. I will say, though, I was actually speaking at a Me Too event in Missoula, Mm -hmm. and I ended up sharing that story, and I ended up calling out the the attorney who represented that client. So I, in that sense, I did get a little bit of justice because that community now knows that the attorney was being a rape apologist, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened. And I'm sure there's many cases where that still happens. I I read a report and I talked about another episode about the the reports or the lack thereof for transgendered crimes or murders against transgendered people. It's quite Mm -hmm. high and it's probably even higher than it It is. is. I think last year was only like 70 or 80 people, but those are the reported murders. I'm sure there's tons and tons of other ones that aren't reported because people don't want to admit or don't know what it means to be transgendered. You know, it's not just yes, body parts I agree. And, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. And it's awesome that you can come out and talk about that. And the Me Too movement is so important, not just for women, but for men and transgendered men and women who come out because they too are sexually assaulted. It's not just women, it's transgendered men and transgendered women who are assaulted or feel that they've been wronged or whatnot. So they talk about that, but I don't know. It's just kind of tough. So it's awesome that you've kind of put a face out there for people to come out. And this is point of this podcast too. It's just sort of, there's different people out there and I kind of wanted just to showcase that. So it's awesome that you can say what happened to you or sort of just give your story. I'm so glad you're here too. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Can I ask, what's the biggest misconception you want to clear up for people who don't know what it means to be transgendered? For me, we have cross-dressers. I mean, I'm a cross-dresser myself, mm-hmm. and I don't consider myself transgendered, but there are transgendered people who cross-dress first and then eventually figure out, hey, they, I am transgendered, where like myself, I'm, I'm a cross-dresser, but I don't consider myself transgendered because I don't plan on, like, I don't identify as a woman, even though right. I'm up. It's confusing, but that's why I try to create this sort of podcast. But sorry, you can elaborate. Right. I think that society as a whole is becoming much more educated on what it means to be transgender. I think people that are so confused still do confuse cross-dressers for transgender people. And Mm -hmm. transgender people are not cross-dressers. 
I mean, you can cross-dress and be right. transgender. Exactly, yes. But just because you are a cross-dresser doesn't mean that you're transgender. Right. Also, we are not drag queens. Um, well, I mean, I guess there are some transgender people that are <laughs> drag yes, queens, but the it's not. The thing, thing is, the thing that I'm trying to right. say is, being transgender is not synonymous with being a crossdresser. It is not exactly. synonymous with mm-hmm. being a drag king or a drag Bingo. queen. <laughs> yes, right. To me, being transgender is simply not feeling as though you are cisgender. It's it's a the exact opposite of being cisgender. You're biological sex is not congruent with your gender identity. Just that simple. That's what being transgender really is. Exactly. And some people don't get that. A lot of Mm -hmm. people don't get that. We have politicians in place who don't get that. And uh, we can talk about politics. (laughs) Oh, I could definitely talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you've read for (laughs) council and stuff. So I'm sure you have lots to talk about. Um, But can I um, go back to when you were talking about pre-op? Can you like discuss what it means to be pre-op? Because this podcast does have people who don't know anything. So it's sort of an educational thing too. What is pre-op versus post-op versus that? Sure. Pre-op means that you essentially have a penis if you are a transgender woman, but you do hope to one day have a vagina. Mm -hmm. There is also a term called non-op, which means people who have a penis and are also women, they just don't want to have gender confirmation surgery or a vaginoplasty. I did choose to undergo gender confirmation surgery, and I'm very selective with who I tell. And Mm -hmm. I have to be in a position where I feel comfortable saying that because I I just wanted to add that I think that in certain settings, it's okay to talk about, but I don't think it's appropriate for everybody to talk about transgender people's genitalia. I don't understand (laughs) what everybody's obsession is with transgender people's genitalia. (laughs) It, it, I don't understand it. I mean, I don't go up and ask (laughs) this gender people how deep their vagina is or how (laughs) big their dick is. You know, I just don't, I don't do that. And what makes people, what do they think have, what makes them think they have a right to say, Hey, so uh, still there, huh? Right. (laughs) Right. And I understand that in this case, you're just trying to have your listeners educate themselves. And I respect that. So that's why I'm comfortable talking about that here. Mm -hmm. So I did undergo gender confirmation surgery. I ended up going to Thailand Mm -hmm. to a world-renowned doctor, and I'm very happy that I did that. And I mean, for our listeners too, I mean, I kind of know why you would go to Thailand, but why Thailand? Why not here in America or why not Mexico or what made you go Well, actually, there are many different surgeons with many different techniques. I ended up going to a doctor by the name of Dr. Suporn. I'll spell it out for people in case they're interested. S-U-P-O-R-N. And I ended up going to him because I liked the technique that he used. He was honestly, well, he still is world-renowned. I think that he's retiring soon, Mm -hmm. but I'm very glad that I went to him. And I definitely recommend him for as long as he's continuing to do surgery. I did a lot of research and he was the best doctor for me. Cool. Okay. Now you say uh, you're a transgendered woman and you talk about hormones. 
maybe if we can for our listeners out there, you know, you don't have like, unless you do, but I know there's things like you don't have a period, correct? You don't have those instant, you know, those. I don't have a uterus. I don't have, I don't have a uterus and I don't have ovaries. So I do not have periods. I, well, at least I, I don't menstruate. I don't have yeah. menstrual blood. The thing with that is the, the reason I am so, I'm wording it like that is because actually transgender women can cycle their hormones so that their body is essentially going through a menstrual cycle without mm-hmm. actually shedding the lining of a uterus. Right, it, right. They, can, they can cycle their hormones so that their body feels as though they are having a period though. I don't do that personally, mm-hmm. but okay. um, I know that many transgender women do. Yeah. I've also heard like trans uterus transplant transplantations where they actually, women, transgendered women have actually, they've actually. No, that actually hasn't happened yet. Um, no? There okay. hasn't, there hasn't been a successful ah, okay. uterus transplant in a transgender woman. There has been a successful uterus transplant in cisgender women and it's expected within oh, the next gotcha. five to 10 years to be something that can happen for oh, transgender women. Okay, cool. So but it's not, the technology is not it. there yet. Got it. Relationships. Let's talk a little bit about that. How difficult or easy has it been finding a relationship? Are you in one? How's the dating scene? I don't know if you want to get too personal, but it was. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I would say that dating as a transgender woman who is mm-hmm. also straight and just to clarify, when I say that I'm straight, that means that I am only interested in men. I'm okay. only attracted to men. I've always only been attracted to men. And I also, if it helps people to understand better, I mean, I'm a woman and I'm a straight woman. And I think it's good to use transgender as an adjective, which is what I do when describing myself. So if it helps people to really understand, what it means to be trans better, just think of it as an adjective. It's difficult finding men who are okay with me being transgender. I currently am in a relationship. It's new. And I'm really happy. He is a straight man. I have dated straight men in the past. I've also dated some bisexual men in the past. I've never dated a gay man. That's not something that I would feel comfortable doing. Most gay men aren't interested in transgender women because most gay men are interested in men. And I wouldn't want to be in a relationship with somebody who viewed me as a man. It's difficult. It's so difficult navigating the dating scene though. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> for oh, it's so for difficult. It, I mean, it is. It's difficult for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there is an extra barrier in place mm. for transgender people. We get objectified a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. I, yes, it's, it's very sad. I can go, I can really go into that. I don't know how much you yeah, want sure. to go into that. Okay. Well, I mean, for one thing, oftentimes... I run into people who are okay with me being transgender, but they specifically seek that out, or at least I they they would <laughs> seek that out. I, I, I thank God I'm off those dating sites. I'm so happy. I'm in a, <laughs> I'm in a monogamous relationship. Right. It's just so online dating is just so difficult. Is oh, it? Like, so let me get. Aren't oh, they called like tranny chasers? Or like, yes. Oh like, my God. Oh my. God. They are so obnoxious. Like the thirstiest men or. 
gay men or whatever they would call right. it. Right. They would just, sorry, I just wanted to add that in, but continue. They, so a tranny chaser is somebody who just wants a chick with the dick and Ugh. really objectifies transgender women and it's Mm -hmm. okay if a transgender woman is okay with that part of her body and doesn't have gender dysphoria from that but it's wrong to objectify people and just look at them as sexual objects because we are so much more than that and so that was difficult sifting through the men that were just after me because they were just objectifying me it was so annoying really And then I would find some good people, some good guys. I just, maybe there just wasn't that spark. I've Mm -hmm. gone on a lot of dates over the years. I've been doing online dating since I was 21. And so it's been interesting. It's been interesting. So how did, let me ask you this. How did you meet your current hubby, boyfriend, (laughs) spouse? (laughs) I kept my, I met my current boyfriend through actually OkCupid. I will give that, I will give OkCupid a big shout out. I think it's a wonderful dating site. You hate it? No, no, I said, hey, OkCupid. Oh, hey, OkCupid. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, shout out to OkCupid. No, I think it's wonderful (laughs) because I like how they have people ask questions. I mean, there's actually a question on there that says, could you date a transgender person and you can say yes or no and that was really good that was really good at helping me find people that were okay with dating somebody who is transgender and then i that's actually how i and i ended up messaging him first studies actually show that it's it's better generally when the woman messages first they find their dates and their um, partners tend to be more attractive they are more likely to get married Mm. and we actually get women actually get an email from the OkCupid team right off the bat saying, hey, ladies, don't be afraid to message first just because of that. <laughs> but anyway. Unless you're on Bumble, uh, right? Because Bumble, I think, know the women message first. Before they right, right. That's, mm-hmm. and I, I, I was on that. And that was all right. Speaking of discrimination, um, oh. going back to that and online mm-hmm. dating sites, I am not allowed to use Tinder anymore. What? Uh, yeah, well... Explain. The way, so <laughs> I have always been, at least in, since I've been doing online dating, I've always been open about being transgender. Mm-hmm. And I put in my bio on Tinder that I am a transgender woman and Tinder is self-policed. So people hmm. do reporting on their own. And my understanding is that Tinder doesn't have really a department that looks into that. It's just kind of, it times you out. So I would get a bunch of temporary bans just because I was trans. I, I mean, I didn't have anything offensive in my profile. Yeah. I huh. wasn't posing nude or anything yeah, like that. It wasn't or, anything yeah. like that. I, I was just because I am so open about being trans. So I'd get all these temporary bans and then eventually I got permanently banned and I was never able to access Tinder again because all these guys just kept reporting me. Wow. I guess people had a lot more time on their hands in Montana because yeah. I'm originally <laughs> from Montana. Oh, I now gotcha. live in Oregon, but I'm originally okay. from Montana. That's okay. That's my thought anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, Montana. You missed out on a wonderful girl here. Um, yeah. Well, how's the, well, why did you move from Montana to Oregon? Let's start there. Like, why? Well, that's kind of a long story, but um, there were a lot of factors involved in that. A big factor was that I, I just wanted to get out of Montana. I lived in Montana mm. with my whole life with the exception of one year and 
that one year was when I ended up moving to Fort Collins, Colorado, so that I could live full time as me, as Anita and as my true self. I was just afraid of transitioning just in one place. I mean, I started hormone Mm -hmm. replacement therapy in Missoula, Montana, but I was on hormones for just under a year by the time I moved to Fort Collins, Colorado. It was a good move on my part. I was okay, I was happy okay. to do that. And then I ended up moving back to Missoula. So with that, the exception of that one year in Fort Collins, Colorado, I I I lived in Montana my whole life and I just needed something different. I was I'm glad that I had the opportunity to live in that state and do what I did. But that was a contributing factor. Also the politics mm. in Montana was maddening to me. And that was a contributing factor uh, because I am very progressive in my politics. And even the Democrats in Montana tend to be more moderate. And that was so frustrating for me. It, Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, it was, it was, I did accomplish a fair amount and I could go on and on about that, but I know that this isn't a political podcast, so and I we can't bore everybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a great guest so far, so I mean, we will definitely have to have you more on the podcast if you have the time. I know you probably sure, a busy person, sure. but, but I love. I mean, I love just learning, and I mean, you just taught me so much already. Like, oh wow, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, I'm just popping in my head. <laughs> oh, oh, and I'm sure that's what everyone who listens to the podcast is probably thinking with all that I put in here, and I'm sure with more guests, they're like, oh, that's so interesting, or. You know, that's what I hope with podcasts is the educational aspect, unless, you know, your podcast has other stuff, but it's very, very good to have you here. Let me ask you this. Do you recommend for, if they're not transgendered or if like to cross dresser, would you recommend having to move to an area that it's accepting if you plan to go public? I mean, there's probably some private transgendered people out there, which I guess it suck, but do you recommend that kind of move to a place where it's more progressive, Oregon, I guess, or Colorado? <laughs> That's a very tough question. I would say to people, do what you think is best for you. It's it's not something that's feasible for everyone. Yeah, People have to look at their finances. They have to look at their friends and family. Maybe people have a good support system where it is that they are. And I believe no matter where you are, you can find somebody who's going to support you. And I know that it can be tougher in some areas. So maybe for some people, it is a good idea to move to a location that is more progressive and more accepting in general of the LGBTIQA plus community. But maybe that's not a move for everybody. I just say, do what you think is best for you. Okay. And for you, it was obviously moving somewhere else. Well, whatever, you know, happened in your life. Yes. Well, actually, I mean, the reason I I chose, I chose Missoula to start my transition for a number of reasons, because I I knew that it was a, it's considered the liberal city of Montana. It's a dot of blue surrounded by a sea of red is how a lot of people think of it in many ways. And so it is blue. So did who was your support system if it wasn't your family? Did you find other transgendered people near you? Well, I mean, my mom my mom was a big supporter of me. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to afford 
my surgery right. on my own, at least not at the rate that I got everything done. I, I got a, a fair amount of surgery done and I'm very thankful for her for helping me out financially. She helped me pay for my gender confirmation surgery. I also had mandible contouring and I also had hair transplants. And there was a lot that went into my transition. So my mom was a big supporter of me. She still is. Apart from her, there was a transgender support group in Missoula that I found. There were some therapists that really helped me. I also found a great network of friends. I had some great friends in Missoula as well that really helped me. And it's important to have that in, in order to be a healthy person, really. Right. I had talked about this in an episode, being what it means to be to be transgendered and how that relates uh-huh. to cross-dressing. But passing or femininity, like uh-huh. what does that mean to you in terms of being transgender? Because you are a transgendered woman and you were born a male, but you said yes. you got contouring, you've got the, you know, you wanted gender confirmation surgery to become a woman. But what does that exactly mean to you? Well, I am a woman. And if you are a transgender woman, you are a woman regardless of whether or not you pass. And I just want to say that in case there are any transgender people who are listening, especially if, I mean, if you, if you don't think that you pass, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take away the fact that you are a woman or if you are a transgender man, you don't have to be passable in order to be a man either. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes both ways. I'm okay with being transgender. Sometimes it's really hard for me when I don't always pass though. I mean, I I always look in the mirror and I see that I can do things to improve my appearance. And sometimes I really do wish that I was more passable and that I could do you look things great, differently. By the way. If, well, thank you. Out there, you look. You don't just get into a pageant and not look flawless. Like you look great. So don't don't oh. if you if you knock on your looks, it's like damn it. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I did. I, I was actually in Bust uh, magazine. I mentioned this that you know I I understand that I don't. I don't think that I pass one hundred percent when I look at myself. And when I listen to the way that I sound, I don't think that I pass 100%. Crazy, because I'm like, you sound pretty damn feminine. Or if you told me you're transgender, I'd be like, oh, really? I wouldn't have known. Just from your voice alone. Sorry. Well, that's that's really interesting. I mean, I I guess it just depends on who's listening and who's looking, really. I mean, I, I really just never know what to expect from people. But I... I accept where it is that I am. For me, I don't think that I am 100% passable. I think that to a certain extent, I do have passing privilege. I'll talk to your listeners and I'll talk about what that means in just a second. But I talked about this in Best Magazine that I tried to on that as best as I could. And I want to show the world really that you don't have to be passable in order to be beautiful. I don't believe that that's what it means to be a transgender woman. I don't think that you have to be passable in order to be a beautiful transgender woman. And that's a statement that I really wanted to drive home to your listeners and to people everywhere. Passing privilege means that 
you can, that a, a transgender person isn't clocked as transgender. And so for me, I acknowledge that to a certain extent, I have passing privilege. I mean, it sounded like you thought that I did when you were looking at me. Though, again, I think that to a certain extent, I also don't have passing privilege. Mm -hmm. I, when I look at myself, I kind of think that I look androgynous, maybe more on the masculine side, but that's what I see when I see myself. Depends Mm -hmm. on who's looking, I guess. How important is being accepted to you from not just your family, but from others or from colleagues? I'm sure you have colleagues that being accepted and whatnot. To be honest, I don't care if the majority of the public has a problem with me. I don't care if I have haters. And I know I do have a lot, maybe because I'm a hater myself. (laughs) And I acknowledge that. It's okay, I own, mutual. I'm the, hate, the hate is mutual. That's I'm fine. a hateful bitch. Hateful. Okay. <laughs> Aren't we all though? Um, I mean, you have to be a little bit of hateful. Yeah, because I'm you a know, diva. Yeah, I'm a course. diva. Hey, okay, I'm a diva. <laughs> <laughs> but in actuality, what really matters to me is just having the acceptance of my friends and family. Right. Apart from that, I don't really care. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> right. That's that's where I'm at. Because it's hard for me sometimes and other transgendered people to remain confident or to remain like, fuck yeah, to remain a diva. Because some days you're just like, fuck it. Like, how do you get over that feeling? Honestly, for me, in some ways, just trying on something that's new and that I perceive as very feminine, like putting on a dress makes me feel very feminine, an evening gown is something that really helps me to feel confident and very elegant doing my makeup, doing my hair really helps me. And I know that that's not something that a lot of people need to do in order to feel confident. And I don't need that every day, but sometimes when I am not happy with the way I look, that does for me, help me to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. That's how I express my confidence and that's how I express my femininity. And I'm not saying the clothing I necessarily wear is universally feminine. It's just something that helps me to feel feminine. I know I've talked about like the negative part about being transgender. What's the most positive experience you've had as a transgender woman? I have to say, if I wasn't born transgender, I don't think that I would be as open-minded as I am now. It helped me to be more compassionate. It helped me to be understanding. Without pain, there wouldn't be compassion. And I've experienced a lot of pain as a transgender woman. I actually have talked about this with my boyfriend. I'm just, I've said to him before, I said, you know, I'm glad that I am trans. I think I'm a better person because I'm trans. Because if I was born cisgender, I mean, I'm a bitch and a diva now, but can you even imagine how terrible I would be? Oh Oh my God. God. I don't think anybody could. That that damn Montana. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I would, yeah. Oh God! Uh, and do you have others? You said you have a sister, or you is it? Are you the only? Tell me you're not the only child. Oh, I'm I'm not the only child. I'm okay. I'm not an only child. I do have an older sister. We don't actually talk anymore. She had a big oh. problem with me being trans. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. How was that? It was very hard for her, and we didn't really get along growing up. I'm a I've got a strong personality. I can and, tell you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it comes um, off a little bit. It comes off. Yeah. Just like a little bit. Just right? a little bit. Just... I can tell you, but I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> mm. um, well, 
And if people really want to know about me, I, I can get personal. That's okay. I'm okay with going there. Yeah, well, I, I don't with. talk to her anymore in part because she had a problem with me being trans. I She's married now and she has a child. I have never met her husband mm-hmm. and I've never met her child. I've never met my nephew. Yeah. And you're okay with that? Do you want to meet No, I, I did want to meet her kid. I've seen pictures of him and I think he's super mm-hmm. cute. But I mean, that's her choice. She didn't invite me to her wedding. So that was kind of mm-hmm. the last straw for me. Sorry, I'm, it's getting really heavy in here. But that's, that's, okay. that's kind of can... what happened with me and my sister. I mean, that's the problem why people don't want to come out as transgendered or tell their family or even like small as hey, I'm a crossdresser is even hard for some family members too. I'm not saying that the sure. degree of like crossdressing is the same as being transgender. Maybe it is the same, maybe it's not, but just be breaking that kind of news to a family member and then finding out, hey, I don't want you here anymore. I don't want to associate myself. That's got to be right. tough. Well, I thought that of all the people in my family, my sister was going to be the most accepting because my sister was and is still very accepting of gay people, but she has not been very accepting of me as a transgender woman. Any reason why? I mean, has, did she specifically say no, Okay, I'm she not. said something that was really weird, and she's the only person who's ever said this to me. Oh. She said that she believes that transgender people are caused by the media. Yeah, what? that's what she said. I know, I know. That is what she said. That is what she said. Maybe she has evolved her view since then. I know, I know. I know. The media? Sorry, I yes, would have been like. That's what she said. And maybe she's evolved since then. I hope I so. Because I don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, she procreated. Right. So I hope the kid doesn't gain the ideas. I, and I know. I know. <laughs> I, I thought about that too. I'm just like, what if your kid is trans? I'm like, well, oh, you maybe my. then change oh, your mind my. if you have like, I want to speak to Auntie Anita. <laughs> right. She knows more. Oh. Yeesh. Oh. Yikes. Uh, oh, hmm. that's the other question I was going to ask you. What would you say to somebody who, I would say closeted, but hasn't come out yet or is struggling to come out? What do you say to that person? Or uh, I, think I, it, I think it's very important to be true to who you are. Mm-hmm. I think it feels so much better embracing who you are. Being 100% yourself will make you feel so much better. I say, don't worry about what other people have to say. Don't worry about what other people have to think. You can't control how they think, but you can, you have it within yourself, at least to a certain extent, to make yourself feel better. And if you're true to who you are, I think that you're going to feel better about who you are. So I hope people who are still in the closet feel at least one day when they're ready to come out and just be who they are because that's who they want to be. Be who you are because it's for you. Do it for you. Don't do it for anybody else. Do it for you. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to put it. I mean, even if you come out to your sister who tells you it's the media, <laughs> they're causing <laughs> you to be that way. I think that's the hardest part is you just- I understand. It's the fear of rejection, right? The non-understanding. But again, I was sure that my mom was not going to accept yeah. me when I came out. I mean, again, I grew up in a religious household. Right, yeah, she yeah. said, my mom said snarky comments about gay people, but she came around and she has been a huge supporter of me 
That's amazing. And I would not be here today if it wasn't for my mom in many regards. Obviously, literally, I wouldn't be here without her. But um, (laughs) but I mean, my my mom has been such a big supporter of me, and I'm very thankful for her support. Yeah, it's sometimes I think that people surprise you. Yeah, people really surprise you. And you say, "Mom, is your dad not in the picture?" Is it just? Well, my dad actually didn't have a problem with me being transgender, but I don't talk to him because of just some family drama. We'll just say that. Okay, got it. Family drama. We'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you have somebody supporting you. But I do, and I have a. I also have a younger brother, and oh. he and I still talk. I mean, okay. I wouldn't say that we're close, but okay, he didn't care. I mean, when I came out as trans. <laughs> He was just like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I'm just like, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. It's it's obvious. I don't know why people don't, you know, you show signs like, oh yeah, Anita's wearing a bra today. Or Anita's wearing a pants today. <laughs> There's heels here. Whose heels are these? They're not mine. Right. <laughs> Who wears a size 12 heel? I mean, really. There's signs there. And a mom, your parents know. I mean, your mom knows for sure. They know something's up when... Well, I think I tried to hide it as best as I could. And that also that? the thing is, though, I think that being born in 1990, that wasn't something that really came to people's yeah. minds. That wasn't at the forefront of their minds. They weren't just like, oh yeah, you're obviously trans. They just <laughs> assumed that you were yeah. gay. Right. That it wasn't as obvious as people may think. Right. But there are signs though. Like what, what how did you even hide it? Like what were you, what were you doing that your mom wouldn't find? Like what were some hiding techniques that I'm sure a lot of well, I didn't. I didn't actually have women's clothing. I wore boy clothing, what is considered stereotypically boy clothing, and I wore that. I couldn't really hide my mannerisms. I've been told that I have feminine mannerisms, and I didn't try to be feminine. It just was something that was a part of me. I didn't choose to be this way. It just. It's just what it was. And again, I think that my mom just thought that I was gay. And my sister thought that I was. And my sister, I think, didn't have a problem with me being gay. But again, she has a problem with me being trans. Yeah, clearly. Anything else you'd like to add? Well, we can wrap this up a little bit. I'm sure you have other stuff to do. But um, is there any last things you'd like to say as far as being transgendered or as far as, I don't know what, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier about just yourself and be true to who you are but anything else you'd like to add well i do want to say that i try to create a positive community for people that's that's what i'm about i mean i i know i can be a diva but i try to be a little bit it's cool i i can i can be i know i know but i, I love I it hey i love divas <laughs> divas are great Hey, because, I love me too. I love you yeah. too. <laughs> I can see that. That um, mirror, you're probably doing this in front of a mirror, right? Where you're just like looking. <laughs> yeah. Get it, Anita. Only, Get only it. daily. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's just a shameless plug, like saying I, I I'm just throwing that out there for people. There are resources out there. I like to consider myself a resource. I try to help people as much as I can just through Twitch. I, I do a lot of things on Twitch that are dedicated to helping. Oh, Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. Sorry. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what that is. Oh, Twitch yeah. is a streaming platform for gamers primarily, but they have all sorts of different things that you can do on Twitch. I mean, I mean basically it's YouTube for gamers. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty active on there. I am also on YouTube and there are many different great resources available. I will say, I'll give a shout out to 
I believe it's Riley Dennis. I think she's she's great. She's a great YouTuber that I really like. I've just recently started doing that. And I try to be as responsive as I can to my fans. I'm sure you have a bunch. Uh, well, I mean, I, I haven't always, like we were talking about before the podcast, uh, before we started recording, I, I'm i new to a lot of social That's media. I didn't have this. Mm-hmm. right? I, well, I, I only had Facebook for the longest time. And so I'm, I'm new to Instagram and Twitter and YouTube, but I have been trying to really foster a really positive community. So maybe people can look to me and think of me as a resource. I, I try to be as positive as I can. And I try to foster a great community for people. Yeah, I appreciate it. And if you want to like give the shout outs to your Twitch, your YouTube and your Instagram now, you can say that. And I'll also add it in. The- sure. It's the all, link. I'll, I'm, I'm very easy to find. So it's just Anita Noel Green. Perfect. Anita Noel Green. And it, that's how it is on all of it. On Twitch, there are no spaces. It's just Anita, A-N-I-T-A, Noel, N-O-E-L-L-E, Green, G-R-E-E-N. Well, Anita, Noel Green, you have been an amazing guest. I'm so thankful I found you. I was like, oh, I wonder if she'd like to be on my podcast. And I'm like, oh, she said yes. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. This has been great. I had fun. Thanks, Anita. We will do this again for sure because you're like... You have a great speaking voice. You're you have a great following, and you're pretty well accomplished. I said this to you earlier. You were an amazing guest, and you're only my like my third guest. And I'm like, oh, like this is gonna be hard to top. <laughs> <laughs> you set the bar. Just... Well, I'm glad I could help. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. <laughs> you too. Bye. All right. Bye bye. And that was our talk. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Anita Noel Green was a knowledgeable guest filled with great information that I hope you guys could take something from. She talked about a lot of topics that either I have talked about in previous episodes in this podcast or we'll talk about in future episodes, from charity chasers to pre-op and post-op to dating. If you're a cross-dresser, you're transgendered, or know someone who is, or you want to come on the podcast and share your cross-dressing related experiences, being transgender, non-binary, or something else, I'd love to have you on the podcast. I urge you to tell your story. If you'd like to, that is. Again, for you cross-dressers out there who want to keep your life secret, then by all means, you should. I would just like for others to know that they're not alone, and the more people that know there are other cross-dressers, transgendered people, and people who aren't the norm out there, the more visible we can be and show to the world, hey, there's nothing wrong with us. Cross-dressing should not be a stigma. Being transgender is not a stigma. You're different, and that's okay. Being a cross-dresser is okay. Being transgender is okay. You're unique, and you have your own story. That's what makes you special. Embrace it. But that's it. I'll stop talking. I'll be back next week with a crossdresser's terrible habit, purging, where a crossdresser throws everything away. Tune in next week for that. Until then, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I am not here to diagnose or treat anything, but I'm here to offer my story. I hope that in turn you learn more about me, learn more about yourself, and about the world of cross-dressing.